0: Good morning, friends, and welcome to our 8.30 service on this, the, good grief, 25th Sunday after Pentecost, one to go, and then it will be Advent. Uh, Welcome to those of you in the room. Many more we know who are joining us online. Uh, We're honored that you've come, and it's good to worship God together in this way. Some of you are visiting with us. We're we're very honored that you have come. Thank you. And uh, we hope you leave some contact information. Uh, I think there's a QR code you can use to do that. You could just hand me your phone number and uh, say, I- I'd-, I'd like to be friends. I'd like you to pray for me. I'd like to learn about the church, Wh- whatever. We'd-, we'd love to connect with you in that way. So, uh, my name's James Howell, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Reverend Bill Roth. Thank you, James.
1: So many things going on in the life of this great church at this time of the year. I call your attention to the inserts and all the announcements on our website. I'm gonna quickly just highlight two. Mary Market is going on. This serves over 300 children. Uh, Go on the website, purchase a gift for one of the children who will shop at that market. Also, be aware that the youth are selling their Christmas trees here before long, so it's not too early to pre-order your Christmas tree at this time. So many opportunities, so many places where you can involve yourselves in the ministry of this great church. And now let us continue in an attitude of worship. affirmation of faith this morning is printed in your worship bulletin. It's the Apostles' Creed. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, I invite you now to turn your worship bulletin to the prayer confession which is printed there. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. And hear the good news this morning. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory
2: to God. Amen. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Gospel reading is Matthew, chapter 25, beginning with the 14th verse. For it will be as when a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing the five talents more, and saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, I will set you over much enter into the joy of the master he also who had received the one talent came forward saying master i knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not winnow so i was afraid and i went and hid your talent in the ground here have what is yours but his master answered him You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have not winnowed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have abundance but from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, There men will weep and gnash their teeth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: When I was in the 10th grade, my best friend Carl and I took to the stage for the Brooklyn Casey High School talent show. Uh, Somehow the program for this has survived all these years. And uh, I was on the piano, Carl was on guitar, we sang harmony, we sang two Beatles songs. At the end of the show, they gave out awards. Inexplicably, we came in second. The prize for coming in second was $3. They held it out. Carl took a dollar, I took a dollar, we eyed the third one. Carl picked it up, tore it in half, and there's my half dollar. (laughs) He carries his in his wallet. Talents. Carl, it turned out, had a talent for environmental law, although his guitar talent he continues to use for his church. He plays in a band at his church. I, I, on the other hand, I'm just a musician wannabe. Uh, Someday, maybe, and I do this. Uh, Jesus and talents, what's Jesus saying about talents? Uh, Nothing here, actually, although if you have a talent, if you have a talent for, I don't know what, soufflés, painting, plumbing, making money, song, whatever your talent is, you want to use it for God, you want to use it for the church. Although I would caution you not only to use the things you're uh, good at for God, if God's going to use you, it's probably going to come out of the place where you've been broken, the place where you have been wounded. I know if God's done any good with me, it's not because of any talents that I have. It's because I've let God into those places where… I've been hurt, where I've been broken, where I have been wounded. Uh, The Talents translation isn't very good anyway. The Greek word is talanta. The only modern translation to get it right uh, is the NIV. That's the new international version, although I have a friend who calls the NIV the nearly infallible version. It's funny, funny. Work with me (laughs) on this. Uh, They translate it bags of gold. That's more correct. A talent in those days would have been a bag of gold, and the estimate that we have is it would have been a 70-pound bag of gold. So the first guy gets five 70-pound bags of gold. Oh, my goodness, more money than I've earned in my entire lifetimes. He just blows people's minds. He's talking to poor people who had never managed as much as one little chunk of gold, and he's sort of laying out the challenge, like, what would you do with five 70-pound bags of gold? They're clueless. What Jesus is talking, of course, is the astonishing gift of the gospel. It's so big. It's so magnificent. It blows our minds, and the question is, how are you going to manage it? We don't have a clue, really. We don't have a clue how to handle it. But uh, Jesus suggests you have a choice of what you're going to do with the gospel. You can take a chance. You can invest. You can have a little courage. You can let it go. Or you can play it safe. You can cover it up. You can try to keep it for yourself. Uh, what is this gospel, anyway? I thought about it this week. We're about to come on that bookend time of year. It begins with Christmas, and it goes through Easter. God became one of us. And then God was raised from the dead in the person of Jesus. But all of that is even enveloped by something larger that is part of the gospel, and that is it begins in creation. It goes all the way until God's great consummation at the end of time. Creation. Creation is one long, dazzling spectacle. God has planted us in a world that is a museum Of wonders. first part of this week, uh, I took a quick trip uh, to visit one of my closest friends that I've not seen for several years up in Toronto. We got in the car on Monday morning and drove uh, to the place where my parents honeymooned after they were married, Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is amazing. We pulled out our phones to try to get photos of Niagara Falls. People nearby were doing it, and it was interesting what they were saying as they were taking photos. People were saying things like, wow! Or, one guy next to me used a four letter word that I would never repeat in this place. As he's taking a photo of Niagara Falls, my friend Jason told me uh, Do you remember Rabbi Steve Sager? Yeah, Steve died this year. He's a great rabbi in Durham, had been a friend to both of us. He said, <laughs> He told me that when he brought his children to Niagara Falls, the same thing happened. People were taking photos saying, using three and four letter words. They, being Jewish, had a prayer committed to memory. So from memory, when they saw Niagara Falls, they said, "'Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, maker of the wonders of nature.'" How about that? See, the world, instead of going, wow, posting to Facebook, instead we say, "'Blessed are you, O God, King of the universe, maker of the wonders of nature. What do we do at the goodness of creation? Like, don't bury it. Uh, Johnny Mitchell, about the time uh, I was in that talent show, <laughs> put out a song, has the lyric, They paved paradise and put up a parking lot, right? We're put in paradise. Like, don't, don't cover it up. We have a choice. We take a chance, invest. We play it safe, cover it up. Christmas uh, is coming. Uh, what do we do about uh, Christmas? Consumerism gets uh, dinged at Christmas. I don't think I'm going to ding consumerism anymore. Like you, you know that routine, and the fact is, Christmas provides a lovely excuse to buy somebody a gift that you might not otherwise buy them a gift, and to express love for them. It's a lovely thing. The point of Christmas we think oh it's Jesus birthday party it's different from that it's that God became like you and me and what that means is that you can look into yourself you can look into your body you can look into your mind your heart and God loved us so much that he became that with us he became one of us uh, last sermon's, uh, last week's sermon was uh, saved, made, whatever, by the novelist Marilyn Robinson. I read another essay of hers this week where she said she read somewhere that uh, the number of neurons in your brain is larger than the number of stars in the Milky Way. That's pretty interesting, the number of neurons in your brain. There are more neurons in your brain than stars in the Milky Way. Hmm. So she says, every person you pass by is a grander marvel than the entire galaxy. Like, I love that. And, and that's why in my sermon last week, I pointed out some things. I said things like, in the Bible, the poor are never vilified or blamed In the Bible, foreigners are never despised. The reason for that is that God made every one of us with that brain that has more neurons than stars in the Milky Way. And even beyond that, the scientists couldn't understand there's that other part of us that remains a mystery to science, and that would be, I don't know, we don't know what to call it, the soul, that part of us that dreams, that part of us that loves, that part of us that yearns, that part of us that that grieves, that part of us that is never quite satisfied because God made us for God's very own self. Friends, we have a choice of what to do with uh, this gospel, right? We can take a chance with it. We can invest ourselves. We can have a little courage. We can let ourselves go, or we can try to play it safe and keep it. Uh, I mentioned uh, either last Sunday or the one before, when uh, Lisa's dad died, the single greatest thing that was said about him, he was a very successful minister, if you're new to me. My father-in-law died, Uh, he was a great pastor, he was a great pastor here, and many people told me of the great things that he did. The single greatest compliment he received uh, was from an older woman in our church who had been a teenager in his first church in a little mill village, and I said then, and he was a person of great privilege. Grew up in a very wealthy family, went to Davidson College, upgraded then to Duke University, downgraded a bit to Cambridge University. And then the bishop, in his wisdom, sent him to this little mill village where no one was educated or had any wealth. And she said, we loved him. I said, why did you love him? She said, he was just one of us. God becomes just one of us. Jesus. He's so amazing. I mean, that's the story of the gospel. You have to think about Jesus all the time. He's so amazing. Like, he touched the lepers, like that everybody else, oh, ran from. Jesus saw potential in just five loaves of bread and thought, I think we can feed 5,000 people with this. Jesus had such lavish grace. He told a story about a man who had two sons, and one went away and squandered his living. When he came home, his father didn't say, I told you not to leave. Instead, he embraced him and threw a party. Jesus died. And he died because he touched the untouchables, because he said, love your enemies. Because it got on the nerves of the really religious people. I love the way that we sing about Jesus. I was trying to think this week of my favorite hymns. If I had more musical talent, I would sing them for you. We sing things like beautiful savior next month we'll sing oh holy child of bethlehem descend to us we pray my grandparents used to love (laughs) to sing there is a name i love to hear i love to sing it's worth oh how i love jesus at some point soon we'll sing uh, how great thou art and when i think that god his son not sparing sent him to die i scarce can take it in Then Easter will be here before you know it. My favorite line that we sing on Easter is, Soar we now where Christ has led. So beautiful. It's the gospel. My Aunt Barbara, uh, the last surviving sibling on the Howell side of the family of my dad's generation, died late uh, yesterday. And my cousins were all messaging each other like oh she's together now with her brothers and her sister and her parents and her son who died years back they're all together and that's true they are together and we can rejoice in that but you have to say today that she's also now with all those other people she's there with all the other people but most importantly she's there with jesus and she'll see jesus clearly more than we even can now he, he is an awe-inspiring creature now, but she will be in his presence unalloyed, and she'll be lost in wonder, love, and praise. We have a choice of what to do with such a gospel. We can believe, stick very close to Jesus. Or we can just cover it up, keep it for ourselves. <laughs> God wants us to embody what Jesus was about, and, and, and here's the great part of the gospel, is we get to be part of a church, we get to be part of a church. This isn't one more club. We don't have fees, although financial gifts are welcome. You don't have to be vetted to get in. Uh, what we are here, it's not a club, it's not an institution, even that you're a member of. We are Jesus now. We are the body of Christ. We're, we're his hands, we're his feet, we're his eyes, we're his face, we're his smile. Hopefully, we're his smile. At least on the night before last, watched the movie Barbie. I committed to myself when the movie began, I would work Barbie into my sermon. (laughs) It was almost over, and I was giving up hope. But then Barbie suddenly said, I want to be part of the people that make meaning. I want to be part of the people that make meaning. And I thought, I do too, and you do too. We are part of the people that make meaning. There's no real meaning out there in the world. People are just chasing. They don't know what they're chasing or why they're chasing it or what they're running from or what their lives are about. They just keep moving and stay busy and have diversions. You don't have to think about deep things too much. But we're the people that make meaning. We are the people that offer meaning. I love our slogan for our building campaign, hope is here. Hope is here. That's not bragging. It's just the truth. Hope is here. I was in a meeting the other day looking at our uh, building fund and, um, you know, and how do we finish that off, or you know, the people that haven't been called to give to it yet and so on, and uh, one guy in the meeting said, hey, guys, we got to remember it's God's church. It's so obvious. It's God's church. It's God's building. It's God's work. We are God's stewards. When I baptize children, I lift up that candle. Everybody thinks it's cute. I hope you listen to what I'm saying when I lift up the candle. I say to the child, and it's the word to the whole church, let your light so shine that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Marilyn Robinson wrote this this week that's haunted me. What if the people who look out us see no works or such as they see are stingy? The hopes that moved Christ are disappointed day after day because we stand between grave need and gracious heaven. We are God's stewards. He has placed his hope in us, his hope for the well-being of orphans, strangers, laborers, the whole nation of the poor, one by one. Friends, we have a choice. You can take a chance. You can invest. You can have a little courage. You can let yourself go, or you can just cling to it, hide it, cover it up, uh, here's the thing in clothing, closing, kind of, kind of back to the talent show theme, when my daughter Grace was one of those little girls taking ballet, you know, you go to those endless ballet performances. Uh, and and it, it's, they're seven hours long, I don't know, and, and you're there just to see one thing, and that's your little precious one to come out and do her little plie and a chape, and you're ready to go home, but it, it goes on, it's lovely. We went to one, and uh, the leader of the group decided she wanted to interview some of the children. I thought, well, that's fine. So she got her mic, and the children were lined up, and she said, children, the question I want to ask you is, what do you want to be when you grow up? She came to the first little girl and said, what do you want to be when you grow up? This little girl said, I want to be rich. I watched the mother dissolve (laughs) in embarrassment. I want to be rich." I say, go for it. You want to be rich? Go for it. friends, let's be rich in the things of God. Let's be rich in generosity. Let's be rich in prayer. Let's be rich in being the body of Christ. Uh, Another talent show is the last one. My daughter Sarah was five years old. She entered the church talent show, sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I played the piano. She sang. She also inexplicably came in second. I just, and then when she got married almost six years ago, she called me and said, Dad, you know how they have a first dance at the wedding reception? I held my breath like it's not a talent of mine. I said, yeah, honey. She said, I I don't want to do that. (laughs) She said, instead, I want to have a first song. She wanted me to play the piano. She wanted to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and I think it's the dream of the gospel, not just a girl getting married. You know the word, somewhere over the rainbow way up high. There's a land that I heard of once in a lullaby. Somewhere over the rainbow, skies are blue, and the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. Friends, in this place, uh, we hope you'll dream. We try to frame your dream. We try to let God frame your dream. We dream of Jesus. We dream of being Jesus. We dream of being the church, that we understand the phenomenal wealth that God has given us in this gospel and in our lives. It's just it's mind-boggling. And we do have that choice. Are like, you going to hang on to it, hide it, or be bold, let it go, uh, uh, how do we say it? My friend, tore that dollar, divide the wealth, like, like we got, let's divide the wealth and share it out there. It'll be precious to somebody one day. And the dream is that once we've done these things, God will say, well done, good and faithful servant.
3: Let us continue in prayer. Heavenly God, as the holiday season approaches, attune our thoughts and actions to you, O Lord. Grant us the courage to choose holiness and richness in our thoughts, actions, and speech. For us to be more like you, And Lord, we ask that you forgive us for many times we may fail. Lord, in your mercy. All loving God, you understand our wounds. You understand what has hurt us and what continues to cause us pain. You have heard our cries and you have never left us. Lord, help us to heal. Help us to not let old patterns repeat themselves. Give us the courage to seek help when we need it and to lean on your healing power. Lord, in your mercy. God, as the holiday week approaches, prepare our hearts to be in environments that might feel tense, painful, and even unwelcoming. Grant us peace when we feel hurt, patience when we feel frustrated, and help us to see the best in others and ourselves as we celebrate this week. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we know that loneliness will be known by many this week. We lift up all who are separated from their families by geography, illness, or conflict. We lift up those who are mourning the loss of a loved one and those who do not yet have a family or friends to celebrate this holiday with. Be with them. Fill their table with your abundant love. Lord, in your mercy. God, fill our hearts with gratitude as we celebrate and appreciate all that is good that comes from you. Let us be formed by your goodness as we pray the prayer your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever, amen. As we prepare for our tithe, I want to say thank you for the ways in which you've been a generous church this year. Um, One of the ways in which we get to continue to be a church in this holiday season is uh, by using our children's advent devotional, which is available now. This is something that's brought together through the wisdom and the work of our staff, um, other lay leaders, and most importantly, the artwork of our children. So we give thanks for that opportunity. Lord, we have so much to be grateful for. Help our gratitude to be transformed into generosity as we give all that is good back to you, Lord. Amen.
1: Now hear these words of blessing and benediction go forth from this place to serve God and your neighbor and all that you do, remembering always your sin in Christ's most holy and precious name. Amen.